So we've been talking about what have we talking about, Christopher? We're talking about Jesus. <laughs> we've been talking about Jesus. The easiest is the easiest uh, question in Sunday school. What are we talking about? We are talking about talking about Jesus. Um, we've been talking about uh, recently the Lord's Prayer, and so with the Lord's Prayer, let's see. We've been up to a bunch of stuff. And last week, we, we had this uh, complicated discussion about, about what? Oh, hello. We were the debt. Father, forgive uh, um, our Father who art in heaven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, who um, sin against us, right? So that is where we had ended. And we, we talked about how maybe after we pass away, that maybe there's some work left to do. There was that controversial verse that Paul talks about. So some of us who spend our time, you know, maybe not the best, somehow made it to um, the end in heaven. We're going to go through a testing period, right? And this is not the test that those who are going to hell are experiencing, but it's a different kind of test, right? It's going to be what kind of... Uh, there's going to be some heat involved. What kind of heat? Fire. Is it the fire that destroys? No. No, right? It's a fire that is designed for what? Refining. Refining fire, right? So, and that is a fire that um, we could experience... Um, yeah, and, and it, it may not be pleasant, it may not be the uh, happiest situation, but it's something that is for our benefit, right? And what that actually looks like, or what that, how that, operate, how that actually looks, what is this refining fire that God's going to put us through after we die? It's, it's a verse in the Bible that's very cryptic, right? All it says is the work of Ray will be tested. And anything that is wooden or, or made of plastic will be what? Burned up. Will be burned up in the fire, right? Anything that Ray has that is gold or silver, precious stones, those are the only things that are going to survive, right? Are we up to... Uh, I can do it myself if you have to go. I, I can do it. Yeah, you can do it. I'm just going to see it's straight. It's not very straight. So, our debtors. So, Jesus, so Jesus says, God, forgive us of our, of our sins. And one of, kind of the central verse of what he's Jesus talking about is that verse that says um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we f fail God when we don't do his will on this earth that's where we we need forgiveness and in a way other people also fail us in our lives right we fail each other sometimes you know, do we do we owe each other things? Do you owe me anything, Ray? Do I owe you anything? A lot of It's not money necessarily that I owe Ray. Maybe I did something wrong, or maybe Ray did something wrong to me, or maybe there's something that 
we're holding against each other on this, right? The word forgiveness, forgive us of our debts as we forgive, right? As we forgive, that's, that word is afikimen, Greek word, other their debts. The word literally means to let go or give up. So one of the things that I don't know if any of you ever seen was uh, in 2015, does anyone know what happened at the Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church? True. What happened though? Do you, anyone know? Um, what? There was a shooting, but did you, anyone remember the context of like what exactly, how, how it happened or what? <laughs> how it happened? So they were, they were having, they were doing something that we were doing right now. They were having a Bible study. They were having a Wednesday night Bible study, bunch of uh, African Americans, right? In a part of the South. How have they been treated? How were they treated for years, generations? They were oppressed. They were put in their own churches, not allowed to go worship in, in the quote-unquote white church. white church, right? They were split off. If any of them were to walk into a white church in the 50s and the 40s, what would have happened to one of them? They would have been kicked out, right? So in that environment, the white man walks in, right? What do we do to him? Do we say, sit down, have a Bible study? Like us personally? Like well, what would you do? If, if oh, just a guy came in? To our church? In, in that church, in that situation. If you were sitting among them in the Emmanuel African Methodist and Episcopal you Church. Know he was a shooter or you didn't know any of that? I'll do it. You, you would have invited him in, right? Yeah. And, and the, all the history, <laughs> the history of the South and all of that <laughs> stuff. You'd put behind you, right? In a sense, they already forgave him by letting him in the, in the room. They didn't treat him like how his ancestors treated them, right? They, they let him in as an act of what? Kindness, right? As a, this is what a church does. We invite anybody into our church. At any time. <laughs> even, at any time. Even if... Even if there's a history, right? That's what I want to understand. Like, there's a history in that place, in that time, of black people being excluded from churches. And they having to form their own church. In that environment, they let this person in. And what does he do? He violates that love and trust that they gave him, and he starts to kill them, right? And, and that, in that environment, and his whole point was to cause hatred and violence and and murder, and he wanted to start a war. That's what this thing, a race war, right? But the reason why I bring this up now is there was something very unique that happened afterwards. Does anyone remember the news stories about what happened afterwards? Yeah, there was a, a bond hearing. And you can imagine, right, what is your family members going to do, right? And the, the, the bond hearing where they brought this guy and many of the victim's families came in one right after another. And what did they do? Did they condemn him? Did they say, you're going to hell, man? What did they do? What did they say? What would you say? Well, I guess, what did they say first? They forgave him, right? They said, 
we forgive you. Even though you took our, our loved one away, they said, I forgive you. Would we do that? Could you do that? Is that the right thing to do? It's the right thing to do. Is it, why, why is it the right thing to do? I mean, because Jesus said so? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because Jesus said so. But it might not necessarily be the thing that we do, though. Because uh, forgiveness allows you to let go of the hate and anger and the lust you have. Yeah, we do it for ourselves to get well in the way. Are you guys good at forgiveness? Are you good at forgiveness, Ray? Are you a forgiver at heart? Um, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the truth is coming out. No, no, I'm okay. I mean, it's hard. You know, I think the, the argument against forgiveness, let me give you guys the argument against forgiveness since you guys are giving me the pious answer. Eye for eye. The, the, the argument against forgiveness is, uh, uh, you know, you, you do something horrible to me and I say I forgive you, then you do something twice as horrible to me back. <laughs> then I say forgive you. Are you letting yourself be taken advantage of? That's a question. Format? That's a question. Ooh. Right? So, Ooh. what's the answer to that? Like, is that what... Uh, this is always the question about what Jesus is teaching. What is, what is the answer to that? Uh, is Jesus asking us to be a doormat? Um, was Jesus a doormat? Yeah, how did he let the people of his day talk to them? Or how did he talk to them? What did they do crucified? I don't know. What did he do? <laughs> um, well, he had some nice words to say about some people. He made plenty of uh, stories about Pharisees. And Can you, he walked into he church. He was exposing people. people. Great. He was I'm, ex- saying I'm going to be out here exposing people. Snake birds. I mean, he well, I mean, he wasn't out there to make friends, right? He like <laughs> he overturned he overturned um, but then tables. Again, he did have friends. He has twelve disciples, and then the seventy whatever. Right. So and like, this, there's a duality to it, right? It's hard to have twelve friends this day. That's a fancy <laughs> word. What What do you mean by duality? Two sides. You know, this boy ain't delicious. Like, huh? <laughs> like an Old Testament God. No, man, that's, that's cool. What, what is duality? What do you mean by duality? There's two sides to it? What are the two sides? There and there. There. <laughs> Heaven and hell. Death and life. Hate and love. Yeah, you can keep going. I think that it's it's in that sentence that he put it right. Father, forgive us because we violated God's peace, God's kingdom on earth. God's will wasn't for the mess that I see in the world all the time for the oppression and violence and racism and everything. All of that stuff, that wasn't God's will. That's something that humanity did. And we violated God's will on earth. And so because of that, we come to God and we ask God to forgive us for breaking the peace. So... Isn't that an argument against predestination? What do you mean? Because, like, it puts the blame, focus and blame on us, like, on our actions versus it being predetermined. That's actually something that is, is coming up. 
So maybe uh, uh, put a pin on that one. <laughs> so there's a there's a good point to that. But 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 the where I'm getting at here is that that forgiveness that we're looking for God from, if we're looking for forgiveness from God, how can we not offer the same to others, right? And 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 that is the question, right? So a, yeah, isn't there a parable? The parable that Jesus said about that. What is it? What is the parable? Um, the dude owed like a king or something some debt. The king locked him up. But then when he got out, when he was, you know, forgiven. Yeah. He got out, and then he like confronted up the other dude that owed him something. Grabbed <laughs> him by the neck. Threw him in, right? That's a Malayali story. <laughs> the reality is there's so many people like that, man. I, it's not, that's not unusual. Like, that story wasn't, it rang very oh, true to me. I think I know what you're getting at. What? Uh, what people say is, uh, if we have been forgiven of so much, how can we not forgive others? Right. Yeah, and but we're so like quick to hold on to our claims. You know, forgiveness, it's all about claims, right? Like our debtors have a claim on us, right? Your student loan company has a claim on you the rest of your money for the rest of your life. Yeah. There's a claim they have on you, right? That's that's what a debt is. And so we feel like we have other people who have we have claims against, right? We all have claims against each other. If I want forgiveness from God, I'm going to have to grant it. And so yeah, and then that line is very good. Forgiveness is not something we do for other people. We do it for ourselves, right, in, in a sense. Because when you hold anger and bitterness and hatred against that person, I am pretty sure that person doesn't care. <laughs> or they can care a little bit, but they, bit, but they probably don't. Like, uh, it hurts you more. Yeah, yeah. Like literally physically stressing yeah. you out. You're damaging yourself yeah. more than you're damaging the other person by holding but then, but Jesus takes it even further, right? Because he says, do good to those who persecute you. So we, we can even go even further, further with that. But I think we've, we've, got, we've got a good place there, you know, forgive our debtors as God has forgiven us. So let's go to the next one, which, if you can help me out, on the next slide. Wait, what do we have speaker? All right. So, how many people are hungry right now? You guys not hungry now? You guys already ate? Okay, fine. The point is, lead us out into temptation. So, um, you have... You got the serpent and the apple. How many know that it was an, it was an apple in Genesis chapter 3? We don't really know. And then there's a lot of junk food over there. Could have been a banana. How many people know that the things there are the six food groups? No, you shouldn't be eating those things because they're not. They're not good for you. So it's not just for people who have diabetes, guys. None of you guys should be eating that. If that, if you guys just ate that all day long, you would have diabetes, right? So it's a it's anything all day long. Sure, but matter of when, not So, First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. It's kind of. Can you read it, Chris? No, tem- no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Yeah. Continue. Um, yeah, what, what does that mean to you? Um, what do you mean? Uh, well, I think what it's saying is God knows your limits. 
So he will tempt you, but not beyond the point that he knows. You will God tempt you? Oh, that's that's good one. No. Well, why did that? That verse always was kind of confusing to me because Jesus said, "Lead us not into temptation." Why would that be a part of the prayer? There's another verse that says like it's it's not God that tempts us. Right. Evil. So it's actually kind of like His grace that He doesn't. Oh, so he's not letting us be tempted as much. Lead us not into temptation. I think another way of looking at that is from the perspective of what Paul is saying. You guys can disagree, but uh, I think what he's saying is the trials and temptations that we inevitably go through mm-hmm. may not be the ones that we can't overcome. You know, like there the, the, the certain challenges that God knows that you can't overcome. And, and, and so... I believe that God allows certain things that God never does evil, right? Because God is what? Pure. God is good, right? So God never does evil, but does God allow evil? Well, it's a fine, I, well, fine it's like in real life, yeah. God allows evil, but God never, God never does evil, right? Up until a certain point, yeah. So you're God's child, Joel. And Jabez and all you guys, Salani, you guys are God's children. God will allow temptation to come into your life. Yes, obviously. Isn't isn't there a verse that says that temptation is uh, essentially in the end it, it builds up um, hope or faith that is never. That's I think Second Peter, right? Is it First Peter? Do we have enough? Are you guys interview? Right, can you turn that one for them? Yeah. <laughs> can it go over there? Like how it says... Uh, um, character, right? Sure. Like, yeah, Bill's character. Oh, like when they say no pain, no pain. Uh, okay. So, Romans 5 verse 4, I think is what you're saying, Mr. Uh, Mr. Daniel. Uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 4... It says, you see, um, no, sorry, okay, 5 verse 3, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces, bye Ray, we love you, yeah, we also rejoice in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, what does perseverance mean? Perseverance, being able to Last through, persist, get through it, right? Perseverance, and perseverance builds character, right? Who has character? Who has character? It's like, uh, what is character? I mean, character can mean many things, but I think in this context, it's like integrity. Integrity. That's true, because there are many characteristics. There are people who have different types of characters. Some people have good character, some people have bad character. I assume it's a good character. But... But so the character can have like a neutral sense. I guess there's different definitions, but it can have a neutral sense where it could be good or bad. But then there's another sense that he's he has character. If I say Chris has character, uh-huh. I'm saying that Chris is a man of integrity and yeah. like he is a man of good character, right? And the there's another aspect of the character for the next word. And character and well, the perseverance, character, and character hope. Yeah. Character builds in us hope, right? 
Why do we need hope? Why do we need hope? Does hope drive a person mad? What do you think? Apparently we need it to finish a certain... Okay. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we need hope not to be disappointed? Is that what it's saying? Well, he's saying hope doesn't disappoint us. Right? Because, okay, so, it, I mean, we got to read the entire thing. So, it, it hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You will see, at just, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely, uh, this is always interesting to me, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Yeah. Though, for a good man, Someone might possibly dare to die. Mm. <laughs> Wait, is that so there's a word? distinction oh, no. there between no, righteous no. and good. Mm-hmm. This would be a good place for my um, uh, lexicon, but I we could probably study that. But I, I uh, I'm assuming I'm just making a wild guess right now. But that would righteous when he says righteous versus good, what is what do you think the distinction he's making there? Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man. Someone might possibly dare to die. I think, like, sometimes the word righteous can be taken into, like, a negative context. Like, if you hear something, like, that person is over-righteous. Jesus over- a righteous man? Nobody died for him. Is that, is that what he's saying? <laughs> Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Okay. He's like, no so, going to die for me. So, a righteous, the word righteous is dikayu. Let's see what that means. DKU. Is that on here? No, no, I'm, I'm just going into Bible Hub right now. It just, it, it goes on righteous, the name of a righteous man shall receive in the name of a righteous. And so it's, let's see if they give us any definition, any help on that. Oh. It's just basically, let's see if they give us a, a definition of good. Agathu, Agathu, good man, Agathu. And so... Let me see. So I I feel like that word agathu is similar to the word to another word that we've studied before. Remember? No. Agape. Oh, worry about it. So agape is that unconditional love. For a good man, a peradventure for a good man, some would would die. Indeed the good man. So a good man versus the righteous man. I feel like the righteous man is the person who Follows all of the uh, like the words, like yeah. Who follows the rules and the regulations to a T, and is just perfect on the the regulation. But when you need him, the good man though, and don't take this, the good man might show up, or they just can, he can't die for you. Yeah. Essentially. Well, the good man might show up ten minutes late. <laughs> right or or might not be perfectly dressed right but the good man will be there for you when you need him, right and it doesn't mean those things are um mutually exclusive right it's not right you could be righteous and good but i think that's the distinction he's making right so so sometimes what we need is a good person more than a righteous person and i th- and i think that what he's talking about is the person you would die for is not the 
guy living in his palace, the most righteous man in the world living in his tower. It's the person who's down on the earth willing to pull me out of the homeless mud, right? That's the good man, right? So I, I think that's, that's it. We're kind of a, a field, but, but it was a good discussion, right? So you, you're tempted will provide you a way out that you can endure, endure it. So does that mean that there's a justification for any of the sins that we commit? Sometimes we say, I think we use it as an excuse, oh, you know, nobody's perfect, right? Nobody, nobody's perfect. No, nobody is perfect. But is that an excuse that sometimes we, I don't, I don't know if you use it, but some, some might, yes. you know? Well, I, I messed up here, but nobody's perfect, right? So... Hebrews 10, verse 26 to 27, this, the, this verse has is, is always been interesting to me, and it's probably like going to be a lifetime worth of thinking about it. But why don't you, one of you guys read that, if anyone wants to. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Right. So the, the, the raging fire here is uh, the, the scary point. Um, so um, I think that can be taken different ways. Maybe the part of that raging fire, maybe if it's not so bad, it won't be that raging fire. It'll be the refining fire that Paul's talking about, right? Um, but the raging fire sounds but it pretty bad. Yeah, that's that's not a good good, good thing. So the, uh, the the big word here is destined, method, right? I've heard some people explain it really crazily. Like what? Go ahead. Some people say that um, this isn't this doesn't mean that like if you keep doing the same sin, mm-hmm. like that you can't be saved. It means that, like, if you, because if you're doing the same sin, then you obviously don't believe in the re- restoring the power of Christ. No. And so they're like, there's nothing else you can, there's nothing else for you. That's it. That's all you had to do. But if, if you don't pick Christ, then you have the, the raging fire. Right. So if we... There's no sacrifices for sin, but that was the old, Christ is the only sacrifice for sin. After we have received the knowledge of the truth... Because there's this... literally not any more sacrifices. So is it not the knowledge of the truth? So that's the, the another main part of that, right? Because we know plenty of people who deliberately sin all the time, but they're not saved, right? They don't have the knowledge of the truth, right? And they once they've received the gospel, they've become Christians, truly saved. But this is that's an argument. That we okay. can debate yeah, for decades. And it gets kind of weird yeah. if you grew into, a, into a, a Christian family. Yeah. Because then from birth, would you have the knowledge of truth? And and if you do, then if you're, if you're um, translating it that way, then we've all sinned, even knowing the knowledge of truth, like when we were kids. Intentionally, unintentionally. Before we're baptized, after we're baptized. That doesn't mean that we're all going to hell. So that's, that's exactly kind of, that's kind of weird. Right, and and I, I think that we don't have to be in fear, right? Because the, the Jesus would be willing to come down, die on the cross for our sins, and save us while we were yet sinners. Yeah. Isn't going to throw us out because we, we screw up. But 
I think that there is an expectation of getting better. It's a process better. of sanctification. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is an expectation of improvement. That you can't be doing you can't be stuck the same stuff <laughs> that you've been doing. What are you? See that you know. You so know, we. It's a it's a growing process. It's a growing process. Um, I think that you know. This was explained to me at a VBS many oh, years man. ago. Is <laughs> like it's like a. I think he, the term the guy said was like a clicking, kick, a ticking clock. When you do something you're not supposed to do, there's that that feeling that did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the, your consciousness? Yeah. That, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. But if you do that same thing again the second time does that conviction hit you as hard as it did the first time oh you're kind of like just a scar yeah or you're numbing it yeah or distancing yourself you're yeah your conviction you're normalizing it you're normalizing it then that the second time then the third time not as bad, right? And so you're it's, are being pushed one of And then you push it and you dig your hole <coughs> further and further and further. And and that's why you can hear you know, Hillsong people suddenly say, Oh well this I don't believe any of this anymore. It's like you were singing songs all this yeah. time. Now what happened, right? And I I'm that's, not that's why when you don't have a good a foundation or root. Right, but there's some. Well, that's the argument. Because right? some people will say that, that he was never saved. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I don't believe that either. I think because that's a Calvinist Again. thinking, right? And it's just like, no, he was saved, yeah. but because he ran into this thing, and it, if, if, it's if you yeah. believe. Uh, uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but the other thing, um, another way it was explained to me was like, um, if I have my cell phone on the floor, no. It's not good. My, my water on the, on the table, right? Water's on the table. I dropped it. What am I going to do? I'm going to pick it up. But if you let it stay there. And I'll put it back on the table. Right? It's not that hard, right? It, it falls and I pick it back up. And that's also where repentance comes into. Whereas if it's a frog, <laughs> that, that was the interpretation, right? If it's a frog, it's jumping up and down, it's going here, it's going there. I'm not faster than the frog. The frog beat me, right? You see the difference, right? And so, like, that's where repentance comes into play, right? But then, the, the, I think the next verse talks about it's. This verse gets even more serious after that. Oh no! <laughs> so, uh, well, we should just go there since we're there. Well, so Hebrews. No, I mean, because Paul. That, that's another argument is whether Paul wrote it, but we can say the writer of Hebrews. Did Paul write it, Joel? It's debatable, <laughs> but some people say it's Luke, right? There's an argument that was Luke. Where is Hebrews? Uh, it's before James, right? <laughs> Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty-six, right? So, but only a fearful um, expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Ooh. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? So, again, he, the, the writer is using very strong language, right? And so we, we shouldn't get... 
flipped out, right? Because I think some people can lose hope when they read this stuff. The, the writer is using very strong language. Why? As a warning. Because, yeah, he's saying this is super serious stuff, man. <laughs> it's not like, you know, I do the same stuff that I did wrong last week. I come to Sunday worship. God forgive me. Do the same thing again. And so what are you doing? You're kind of like, you, 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 God is, Jesus is the mat that you're wiping your dirty feet on. That Jesus is in a doormat. Yeah, right. Full exactly, full circle. <laughs> so that, that kind of treatment of Jesus is bad news. Right? And we don't want to be there. Like, and, and, and Jesus doesn't want to be there. And, and God doesn't want to be in that perspective. God is looking for us to grow. That's the important part. That's the important point. Lead us not into temptation as a daily prayer, right? That every day we pray, God, the things that I'm experiencing today, may I have the power to overcome it, yeah. not to fail today. And we're in, we're in a grace period, yeah. essentially. Huh? We're in a grace period, yeah. We are in a grace mercy period. Mercy is new every day. Mercy is God, I screwed it up yesterday, <laughs> but today's a new day, right? Today is a new time, a new new chance. And you're not, that, you're, not, obligu- you're yeah. not obligated to be the same person you were yesterday. Oh, man. Yeah. Today is the first day. The rest of your life. Isn't it? What do you think, man? Is today the first day of the rest of your life? Why is that? Because you can't remember. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, Aaron? Today is the first day, right? There's a, today is, like, CEO of Amazon said, today is day one. Today is day one. Day, the day you were born is that's gone, right? Today is day one of the rest of your life, right? And so the the, the thought there is like, huh? Yeah, you know. It's a pretty cool idea, no? I think it's pretty cool. What do you think, Celine? You think that's pretty cool? You wake up on Monday morning and you feel miserable, but you say, well, today is day one of this awesome life that I have Some people ahead of me. Do it just on New Year's, though. Huh? Just on New Year's. Yeah, they're like, all right, this is <laughs> Why would you pick January 1st as some random day that some, you know, that, it doesn't have to be January 1st, yeah, like it could be tomorrow. Yourself, yeah. Exactly. August 19th, tomorrow, when you wake up in the morning. Right, exactly. So, stay away from the junk food. Right? That, that's going to mess you up. And, uh, and whatever you want to put in the category of junk food, you guys put in that category. I say junk food. It's not good for you. It will make your life worse. It might taste good right now, but it'll make you sick afterwards. The more you engage in eating the junk food, the sicker it will make you. And the harder it will be for you to get there. So get off the junk food. Eat good food. And I think you guys know what I'm talking about. So that's, that's the... That's where, where Jesus is calling us to in this lead us not into temptation. Those things keep us away from doing the will of God, right? And that's, that's the problem. So let's go. Keep it going. This is so awesome. We have so much time. All right, go to the next one. We might run out of time. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. What is this? Paranesos. This is uh, the word for temptation. So trial, probation, testing, being tried. Calamity affliction. Calamity right? Temptation, both senses can apply, depending on the context. So it's a test or a temptation or function of this context. So there are so many things that happen in our lives that are test, trial. There's a 
know, one of my kids are being wonderful, sometimes I feel like the Lord is, te is testing me. <laughs> a lot of times I fail. A lot of times I fail that test. God is not the God doesn't test us, right? But those things happen. Oh, He doesn't tempt us. I think God tests, right? I mean, what what did God do to Abraham? Like a test. But that was like foreshadowing of Christ. I don't. He's not going to be like telling us to get our child. Because that was foreshadowing for Christ. If he's sending his own son, he completed the sacrifice. Well, yeah, I mean, from the yeah. big <coughs> theological... And it was the faith in God. But I'm just saying, like, put a way down, okay. just the basic thing. Yeah. Go kill your son. Right? That is... Well, faith needs to be tested, doesn't right. it? It's like being, you're testing your metal, kind of. Testing you know, the level and the strength yeah. of your faith. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Because we've... We've got so much supposed knowledge in this world, right? That's constantly giving us other, other ideas. And it's like, well, faith and confidence that God will get us through it. So that's trial, probation, test. So you guys get the work with that. With Let's go to the next one. Making progress today. Okay. I, I like this one. What is it? Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. So, um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some versions call it, deliver us from the evil one, right? What is that? Rescue. Rescue. The Coast Guard. The Coast Guard. What does a Coast Guard do? They guard the coast. They guard the coast. <laughs> Excellent work. No. Uh, mostly rescue. Right? Rescue, rescue, right? Rescue. That's what... Deliver. I was trying to figure out what deliver meant. <laughs> so... Deliver is not a word like that we always use, because uh -huh. deliver is what Amazon does, right, mm -hmm. to your front desk. And it's not, that's not what he's talking about, right? So, what does he mean by deliver? Rescue. Rescue, right? So, um, that's what this word is meaning. Rahoyamai, rahoyamai. Properly draw, pull to oneself to rescue, snatch up to draw, or rescue a person for deliverance. So, God is deliver. God is the one who is delivering us from evil, and so that, this comes back to that: lead us not into temptation. But how how am I supposed to do that when you know the junk food is looking really really good? Can I accomplish it on my own? I'm just going to eat it. What? On my own. Don't do it. Just some, don't do it? You need some support. You need some, uh, you need oh. a plan. Who's going to give it to me? I mean, I can't do it on my own. Well, you got a spouse, don't you? Huh? You got a spouse. With the food? I don't know. Like, but the thing is, is, is a spouse good enough? Is that person going to help you? I mean, like, your dad yelling at you? Isn't is essentially that? Jesus our spouse? <laughs> According to biblical terms. <laughs> well, we are the bride of Christ. Yeah. Um, but... God is the one who delivers us from evil, right? Can, and, but, but then it comes down to that question about the perfect will versus the um, God's will. So the fireman comes, and during the burning third floor, the fireman comes to get Matt. Matt says, leave me alone. Like, no, thank you. no, thank you. He's not going to get delivered, right? But... Then that gives me the question. Obviously, Matt's not going to do that. 
Jesus is going to come. And you can't save yourself. God's going to take. Yeah. No one can save themselves. They need Jesus to do that. Question here. This comes back. Remember, I told you to put a pin in it. Because <laughs> I was telling you to come back to here. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. That's probably unreadable. So, um, since you got your phone open, Jabez, why don't you go to First Timothy 2, verse 4? No, verse for me. So, I urge you then, therefore, of all petitions and prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved. All and right. come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind that, man. I don't know what that word is. Man. That man, Christ, Christ Jesus, Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people, all people, this has been witnessed witness to us at the proper time. NIV. So, argue. God wants to save everyone. That's Me. Yes, yeah. Not you. No, he wants all people. God wants to save a randomly assorted number of people scattered throughout the world of all history. Amen. Somehow well, showed some up in here. People bring up uh, some verse in Revelations like, oh, it says only 110,000 or something. Like, 114,000. Can I sure. you? <laughs> you know that verse, sorry. <laughs> so do you believe it or not? I don't know. Let's, I know. let's talk about it. So who wants <laughs> all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Remember, we talked about predestination. Can you resist God's God's love for you, God's um, trying to rescue you? Can you successfully resist God's deliverance? Well, let's break it down. Wait, what do you mean by that? Uh, so let's break it down from this sentence. Who wants all people to be saved? Does God want all people to be saved? Yes, He does. Yes. But I don't believe all people will be. So God's will doesn't always happen, doesn't it? So, like if I sin, that's not God's will. It's so what if I interpreted all people? I'm not saying that I believe this, but just to keep this debate going. So I urge you, therefore, prayers, petitions, intercessions made for all people, for kings and all authority. You be prayerful and quiet in all guidance and holiness. Who wants all people? And when Paul's talking about all people, he's talking about Malayalis, like Sam. He's talking about Chinese people. He's talking about white people. He's talking about black people. He's talking about European people. He's talking, that's, that's what he means by all people. Not all people. He means all people. How do you feel about Even that? Even the Jewish people? He likes all okay. people. You see the you see the the move we're making here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a clever interpretation. Do you buy it? Because what they're trying to say is that he God likes. doesn't really want all people. He wants his elect, his predestined few people that he's elected. So that's the debate that many. What about John three sixteen? Where God so loved the world, yeah. right? He loved all people, meaning he loved all nations and all kingdoms. But and then all there's things. a there's a there's a term in that in that verse that whoever believes. So 
whoever believes, that's, right? Yeah. But that's God can say, God saves everyone. God has the ability to save everyone. There's nobody that God cannot save. It's a gift. So are you saying that God isn't strong enough to save everyone? No, it's a gift because he wants to save all humanity. You can, just like you can refuse a gift. We were talking about that earlier. So yeah. If Matt doesn't want to get out of the building, like... Yeah, you can force him. It's like you, it's your choice and you have free will. God's a gentleman. And a scholar. And a scholar. God's a gentleman. God, God is gentleman, Matthew and Aaron. God's not like me... Angry dad, Sam, I told you to do this. And then like literally, literally drags you, right? Like, that's not how God works. Did you drag Sam? I don't know. It's all hugs and kisses. But no, but it's, that's not how God works, right? God doesn't work through violently forcing us to do things against our will. Westboro Baptist Church, they think that. Well, that's because they're Calvinists, right? <laughs> so <laughs> they also think that um, tornadoes and hurricanes also come for it's God. Well, he's violently showing his point. Well, is it? I, I mean, I've heard that. I've heard that many, many times. That disasters are the result of God's wrath. But there are places in the Bible, in the Old Testament specifically, where God has used or hasn't, or like, or the, like He stopped the sun. Um, or Joshua, or he knocked down the walls. Right. Jonah got like, well, like he's, he's done supernatural things. But, but haven't you heard places? We can, we can literally predict the weather, right? I don't. Exactly. Most people knew those hurricanes were coming. Exactly. So it's, it's just natural causes. But uh, but who, who, who okay, sent the high? Who who sent the low weather system? That caused the low weather, yeah, uh, low, God, low God pressure put, system. God put the order in the universe. I That's how I see it. I think he kind of like set everything in motion and doesn't have to touch it. Uh, that's a different type of... So let, let me give you a different thought process. So, you guys kicked out the Lord from your schools. And you no, kicked out doesn't God, God lives in me. from the so families. Am I kicked out of the school? I probably I agree with you. Family? I probably agree with you, Joel. But I, I just want to hypothetically get it out there. You want to put a devil egg? The, there is a well. I don't know if it's devil's egg. I think it's more like church's egg. But anyway, <laughs> so but, but the but the idea is that right, like you know, you kicked out God from your schools. You kicked God out of your government. You kicked God out of um, your your laws by. Enforcing and endorsing things that God you're, you're ending your argument right there with it because it's, it's based on uh, false premise. What's the premise? That I kicked out God. Well, let, let me see. When I say yeah. you, I'm, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting uh, people. Can you let me finish the argument and then then you can disagree with it. Okay. And I probably agree. With you. So, but what I'm saying is that this whole thing it created and and they and they could probably bring up the fact that you know you had kings in Israel. Who were wicked kings, and because the kings were wicked, the entire nation got punished, right? And so this government has done wicked things, so therefore the community, the nation, will therefore be punished. And so if there is a shooting in your school, or if there is a hurricane, or if there is an earthquake, it's because God's protection isn't there 
like it's supposed to be. Even Sandy Hook? God's protection wasn't there. It wasn't that God didn't want to protect them. But it was gone because that, that force field of protection But the thing is, like, even David, David said, if I put my bed in hell, he, like, he, you'll still be there. It's not like, oh, oh they can't, I can't be there. Well, so why do bad things happen, Joe? You know, I mean, because of sin. Because it's a fallen world. But it's not because of the government. Well, the government, the government, government is sinful. It's, it's, it's by sinful people, isn't it? It's not, it's not like a Christian organization. So you're saying it's that... A of a so, so you're saying that as long as we live on this planet run by these people... There is no utopia. There's not going to be any uh, any peace. No, there can be peace. Not long, not, not lasting peace. Not according to Revelations. Not lasting peace. Not lasting... Um, Compassion or hope, you know, as long as we live in this world, there's going to continue to be childhood cancer. There's still going to be earthquakes. There's going to be murders. There's all kinds of terrible things that are going to happen because we live in an imperfect world. It's not the world that God made. So don't. Blame God. Some people say, like, the roses got thorns and after God cursed the ground. There's all kinds of things that, that we happen. literally die because the ocean wasn't meant to kill anyone, right? But Or lions, <coughs> lions and lambs and, and all those things. They that, that kind of thing happened afterwards. That's why in Isaiah 6 we read about what happened. There's the lion, the lamb will lay down with the lion, right? The, the, all, these, all these wild beasts will be walking down the road, and a small child, Selah, will be what? Leading them. That's because sin's gone. Yeah, that's the, the, the future. And so that, the, that, that whole thing that was against us will have finally been broken. That mentality will be broken, that violent mentality, right? And so this brings it back to Jesus in year 30, right? And you guys are angry zealots, and you're looking to me to start the war, to defeat the Romans. Say like I'm successful and I've defeated the Romans, right? What is still there? It's still you guys, right? We'll it's still ourselves. Yeah, you're still, you're going to fight against each other, right? You're going to cause your own misery, even after we defeat the Romans, right? Because that's not what Jesus was called to do. But what was Jesus called to do, right? And, but, and if we're right now looking at earthly men, I'll debate that another day, but, but you know where I'm headed, and so if we're looking for earthly men to solve our problems, they're going to do the same thing, right? So our kingdom that we're looking for is Jesus, but we still got to learn more about the kingdom that he's he's building in this world. So we're going to continue that. So deliver us from evil. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We talked about that. He's our Father. Thank you. Thank you for that in the, in the message today. He's our Father, right? Not just your Father. Not just your Father. We all have different fathers, but he's our Father. His name is hallowed. Your kingdom come. It hasn't come yet. Your will be done. It's not fully done. But we're waiting for it to come. Your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
we had like one small lesson on that. There wasn't a lot of you. <laughs> but give us our daily daily bread is give us what we need today to do your will, right? Daily bread, forgive Wait, us our sins. I have, I have a Go ahead. Is there a distinction between the kingdom of God and heaven? So to some people some people like to say that we're bringing uh, the kingdom of heaven down here or they're they're building communities or whatever. What was Jesus talking about? Well what is I guess we gotta back up a few steps. Where is heaven? What is heaven? Is it up there? I have no idea. The, so we had that argument. Our Father who art is in heaven, right? So I got on my rocket ship, and I took Chris with me, and Matt with me, and I, Chris, Matt, I messed, I messed you up. Matt, Aaron, Sam. I got on my rocket ship. I went into space, and I found heaven. Would I find it? No. Nope. Is it another dimension? I'm so confused. How is it set up? It's a it's a physical spot. You don't have the answers. Or is it? I know, I know. That's what I'm asking. It's not, any, it's not anywhere that you have to travel very far. It's like right here. Because it's, it's um, my soul. So we're in heaven? Yeah. Heaven is in a different... Realm. Realm, right. Realm. Exactly. That's the dimension? Dimension. Realm? Dimension is the word that we would use, right? It's not somewhere where you can physically travel to. It is in a spiritual realm, right? We have limited access to the spiritual. It's kind of... It, it might be like... It's it's opaque, right? This, this wall is opaque, Meaning there's no light that can go through. I can't see what's on the other side of the wall. But there is another room on the other side of the wall. Right? There's a door. <laughs> there's a door, but right now I'm on this side of the wall, so can I see what's in the other room? So it's not like the room is far away. The room is right here. Is that a good analogy? I think so. I think that's the best I can do. <laughs> because you're trying to help me explain the unexplainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so well, what I feel like is it is like a door. Right? It's like a wall... An opaque wall I can't see through. There's a door that I'll one day walk through, but right now I'm on this side of the wall. So that's it, all I can say. Is like Jesus the door? Is that what it is? Yeah. And Jesus is telling us what's on the other side? Jesus is telling us what's on the other side because Jesus knows, right? But we don't yet. So that's heaven. The kingdom of heaven, though, is the rule of God. It's about the rule that God is establishing, and that kingdom is going to happen on earth in the reign of Jesus Christ. That that kingdom has already started now. Uh, we could talk about, I think that, that's what Jesus talked about, the mustard seed. The mustard seed kingdom. We're the mustard seed. We're the small, but tiny faith, seed. Isn't that based on faith too? Yeah, but the mustard seed starts out with the smallest seed in the garden. It becomes the largest tree, right? 